All right, yo, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Just Different Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Starks, and I am very much ready to bring this conversation to you all today. I was just at The Root, which is a co-working space here in New Albany, Indiana, where me and Jordan live. And we actually were there this past Tuesday, and that's where we recorded the episode that we released Wednesday. And we've had the opportunity to meet some of the most amazing people there. And so we came back today because they were hosting a little, and we were able to meet back up with the owners and a few people who rent out spaces there. And I just had the most fulfilling, genuine, and enlightening conversation that I've had in a really long time with Bridget, Alicia, and Justin. Shout out to them. But the premise of all of that inspired what this episode is going to be today. And so from these conversations that I was having, what I've come to and I wanted to share is the fact that do not underestimate what God can do in your life. We have to shift our perspective from how we're seeing ourselves to how God does and ultimately what he has to say about us. Because there will be different moments, seasons, or periods of our life where we'll take on this negative mindset that blocks everything that God wants for us. And what I just learned today is the fact that negative means to refuse or deny. So... If God comes to you and he says that you're going to be the first in your family to graduate college and get a degree, but you respond with, well, I'm not even smart enough to get into school in that moment from your response, your approach and perspective for what God spoke over you, you are refusing or denying the promise that he is trying to give you access to. So if he comes to you and says you will be the first one in your family to create generational wealth and leave an inheritance from your children. But you're telling him, well, I've never seen a hundred thousand dollars in a year yet. I don't know what skills that I have to even get to that position in my life, or I'm not equipped. I'm not ready. I don't have the resources from that particular negativity. You are refusing or denying what he really wants to get to you, through you, and from you. So through our words, we can literally fuse what God has for us. And so hearing that today made my faith rise because we always hear about the idea that the power of life and death is in our tongue, but we don't really understand how that manifests or what that looks like. And so with That practical example being presented to me in terms of what negativity does and the agreement that we are coming into when we speak these things over ourselves or in our life, it changes everything. So that's the importance of having self-talk that not just matches my emotions, my circumstances or where I'm at, but what God actually has to say. Independent of my financial position now, the current job that I have this is where I know I'm going to be. Independent of the schooling, the education, or what I feel I'm not equipped for, this is the journey God's going to take me on to get me to this degree. And so we can't just live beneath our potential or below what God has for us because there's so much that he can do through us as long as we say yes and have the faith that matches what his words say because you will only go as far as your faith takes you. And 
that's one thing that is my focus for this year that I've been reading, highlighting, and just meditating on is the fact that according to your faith, it'll be done unto you. And so off of that, I wanted to mention a few verses that I've found that I'm meditating on that's really bringing this idea to life of the fact that God does want to use you and in ways that you could never imagine, but you have to come in agreement with. So the first one is Ephesians 2, 8, which says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Then I have first Peter 2, 9, which says, but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Then the last one is Ephesians 3, verse 20, and it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, through all generations forever and ever. And so these are a few that are igniting my faith, like my esteem and my confidence in the call that God has given me, because I know we've talked a lot about having that balance and that humility and sense of gratitude in terms of being content in all circumstances and not allowing the result of our obedience be the end all be all and realizing that Jesus is our reward. But we also have to be cognizant that God wants to use us in these miraculous ways. So there's a balance to this conversation and this walk that we take on in life with him. Because at times we will make ourselves small in terms of the gift that we have, the talent, the ability, or that innate urgency we have to take on this particular endeavor that God has placed on our heart, we will minimize as if it's not significant, it's not important, and or it doesn't have value. And from that mindset, we get very lackadaisical with our purpose, our assignment, or what God has called us to do, because we don't believe it's actually going to produce anything, it's affecting anyone else, and or our absence in the position that we're supposed to be in is felt. So we decide to hide behind our insecurity, behind our fear, or behind our doubt of what we're supposed to step into. And that's where I've been for a significant amount of time, (laughs) actually. And I feel myself finally getting out of, and I'm really stepping into it and answering the call fully. You know, I feel as if a part of what I've been called to do, I was walking in, but I still almost had my foot outside the door as security. In terms of what if this doesn't work out? What if this isn't really what I'm called to do? What if I'm not equipped to actually do this? What if I've ruined all my chances and it's left me double-minded and I failed to show up in a way that God wanted me to, to impact all the people he has on the other half of my yes. So now I'm stepping into this in its totality and not looking back and or to the left or right of my own emotions or what my thoughts may tell me that I can and or can't do and really staring those in the face and combating them with everything that God has to say. And this is interesting because I recently just went to the dentist for my semi-annual checkup and this is a new office that I had to go to. And so I was in there and, you know, I get checked in. They take me back to where they, you know, 
sit everyone down to do the cleaning. And so I'm just chatting and getting to know all of these new people that I've never met before. And I'm speaking to this one lady who is helping the, the lead with my cleaning. And she's telling me about her experience as a dentist. I'm asking her when she started, how long she's been doing it, and if it's everything that she expected it to be. And she responds and she says, yes, it actually is. I love what I do every day and also what I'm able to do for people. Then our conversation, you know, just briefly ends. And then she comes back in and she starts it back up and she says, and you know what? I also never knew that when I became a dentist, I'd be an artist too. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, but that was so profound to me. And it really stuck with me. I immediately put it down in my notes. And she continues to explain the idea that as she's begun to perfect this craft, this skill and this ability of hers, she came in thinking that, you know, she was just working on teeth. But what she soon realized is this was literally an art that she is able to help people in their confidence and their esteem and the way that they see themselves by creating these beautiful smiles and through this she's found it to be an art and after that I was translating that to my own life and realizing that I've never really seen myself as creative but you know starting the podcast and continuing to build on this and grow and evolve I realized that this is a form of art too that I'm in a way almost able to paint pictures with words and it brings a whole new identity, meaning, and significance to it. And so relating that to this conversation, I believe that each gift that God has given us is literally an expression of him and his glory and who he is, even if we can't realize that or haven't come to that revelation yet when it comes to photography, when it comes to videography or dance, entrepreneurship, fill in the blank for what that looks like for you, down to literal construction and electricians, architects, engineers, no matter what it is, we have all been given these particular inclinations within us that guides us in this particular direction of this subject matter or this skill or this industry that we don't know why it is, but it's there. And it's not just what it seems to be on the surface. It's so much more deeper. It's a form of art, creativity, and more importantly, a manifestation of God himself. And so whenever I heard her say that, that's what it reminded me of. And I wanted to bring to this conversation of just a reminder that no matter what it is, it is so valuable to the kingdom and it's what God wants to use. And it was not by accident by any degree. And we shouldn't be hide behind the shadows of thinking someone else's call, their purpose or assignment is so much more greater or valuable or holds more weight dismissing what God wants to do in us. And I was actually just listening to a pastor. His name is Erwin in this interview that he did. And he was talking about the idea that he believes the image of God is in all of us. And it comes from this idea that he has written this law on each and every human heart. And that manifests in, there's a lot of unbelievers who don't necessarily believe in God or subscribe to Christianity who want 
like peace in the world. They want justice to be served. They want people to have homes. They want people to be fed. And he proposed the question of why is that? Why is it that we crave for a reality we have never known? We have never seen, and that's never existed. There's never been a point in time where there wasn't injustice, that there wasn't discrimination, where there wasn't people in poverty, or there wasn't people who were homeless. So where does that come from? If we've never seen it, it's never been a reality or what we've known as humans, how is that something that we desire? And then he starts to speak about this idea of phantom pain. And you experience phantom pain when you lose a limb. And for years, you feel the pain of that limb being there. So even though it's no longer physically there, you still feel the pain of it as though it was. And the idea is, he said, you can only have phantom pain if you lose something that once belonged to you. And he went on to say that he believes that ideals are the phantom pain of the soul and that we long for these realities when it comes to justice for all when it comes for fair opportunity and and people having homes and not living within poverty because it's what we were always supposed to live in that this is this desire comes from god that this is the way that he always intended us to live there wasn't supposed to be the sin that entered the world that then cause things to be out of order and in chaos and that we have a desire to bring heaven's reality to earth to fix these broken places that have now settled within our everyday lives our communities our cities and our nations and when i was thinking about that i believe it's the same for a lot of our passions and these innate interests that we have You know, like I believe our passions are the phantom pain of the soul, that we've been given this desire and this urgency to create and operate in our gift in ways that we've never seen, (laughs) we've never known, we've never experienced, and that's never existed before, but we still have a desire for it. And why is that? Where does that come from? I believe it comes from God. I don't believe it's by accident that you have this proclivity to engineering or architecture or to dance. He's given us all these things for a reason and we're called to bring them to earth. It is our responsibility. It is our duty to make these manifest to those around us and not to hide, not to be passive or to take a step back to our fear And I remember I was just listening to this reel on Instagram and it's this letter that this woman, I believe, wrote to herself and it's called To the Few. And one thing that she said is, I hope you surrender to your dreams. And that also really stuck out to me. And I I believe the idea and the concept in terms of how I want to present it here is like, I, I hope that we surrender to what God has for us the call that he has put on our lives and the purpose that we have. I hope we don't bow at the feet of our emotions, of our circumstance, or our fear. And we stay at his feet for him to do what he needs to do in us to get what he wants to get through us. And because we're not doing this alone, this isn't just from our strength and or our power, but through his spirit that we're able to accomplish 
what it is. And for too long, we've sat on the bench. We just watched from the sideline. We've stayed in the corner. And this is a moment that God is calling us out. He's calling us up. And he's calling us to all that it is he has for us. So all of this has really brought perspective to my life to increase my faith and also change the way I talk to myself about myself and where I'm going. And I believe it starts there because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So how you speak is a direct reflection of where your faith is. And your faith will be determined directly by what you speak. They work in tandem with one another. And so, independent of how I'm seeing what it is, I speak to that which is, even if it is not. So you may not even have $10,000. I have an assignment to build generational wealth. This is what it will be. I will leave an inheritance for my children. I, I will create businesses that employ hundreds. I will be a part of companies where I affect culture change and I'm seen with favor in the sight of man and God, I will invest and see God's salvation in my faith to plant seed and ultimately see a harvest of it, not allowing what's around me to dictate how I'm speaking about what is going to be. And I wanted to end with this poem because in the conversations I was having today, this got brought up and I feel like it related so much and what really stuck with me. And if you all have watched the movie called Coach Carter, you've heard a bit of this. And I actually didn't know it was a poem. <laughs> I thought it was just a speech or just a creative line from a movie, but it makes so much sense. And the poem is Our Deepest Fear. And it says... Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we liberate from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Stop playing small, selling yourself short, and underestimating what's in you. It serves no one and not how God ever intended for us to live. And so step into it, no matter what that looks like, what the call is, what the next assignment is supposed to be. Stop running. And even if you're at a point in your life where you may be unsure, you may still be questioning, you may still be on a journey of finding what that specifically is or is supposed to be, stay diligent and faithful to the last instruction and still have faith in knowing that it will be revealed to you and still seeking the Lord and following your general purpose of making disciples and being an example and light for him and all of it will follow don't speak to your situation as if I'll never figure out who I'm supposed to be or what God's called me to be and believing that this is a perpetual season. Speak to your situation. Speak to where you're at, believing that 
I will walk in my purpose. I will see God work through me in the way that I'm called to. I will see him show up in the way of revelation and what I'm supposed to do while I'm here on earth and not lose sight of that. So that's it. That's what I wanted to share today. I am so filled with just energy for the future. And so I just wanted to share a few thoughts and impart that to you all, leave you a few verses to meditate on, to think about, and to just take with you for now, next week, the rest of the month, the rest of the year. And to tell you, let this be your sign (laughs) to step into it. So that's pretty much it. I love each and every one of you so much. I hope y'all have an amazing weekend and we'll see y'all next week. So stay you, stay real, and stay humble. I'll talk to y'all. Much love.